look at every film made in the 50s. It's yeah. always like, grab a gal by the arm and rape her. Great, that's the first thing I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the cold open now. <laughs> grab a girl by the arm and rape her. What? <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. <laughs> we are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered on our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave, Gallup, and Casey. Gallup is yours. <laughs> Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Well, this month, the theme that we're going with is out of time. We're watching movies that have to deal with, you know, time travel, time loops, just anything that fucks with the general fourth dimension, right? Yeah, and this is the end of time for us, the end of out of time. Last week, we watched the fantastic boss level, got some time looping in there, Groundhog's Day effect. Shut up, it's great. This week, we got to finish out out of time, and it's a group pick. So, Casey, what did we watch? From 2020, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And yes, the audio mixing is worse than the rest of his movies. So <laughs> put on those subtitles. I feel bad for people. Did people see this in theaters? Were we yes. allowed to go to theaters at this time? Yeah, fought, yeah. no one fought to have it released in theaters. To, Wild, because if contention. I didn't have subtitles, I mean, I already don't know what happened in this movie, but I would yeah. not know anything that happened in this movie. Yeah, early COVID plus a lack of subtitles didn't do this movie any favors. Case, before we start this podcast at the end and work backwards to the middle, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Casey, somehow through a series of decisions you're not quite sure how you made, you signed up for the time-inverted military, and you got accepted and into it. And... You find yourself going backwards in time when suddenly you have to take a poop. And you go into the bathroom, you sit down, and you're working through it oh when no. suddenly you start to think oh no. about Whoa. the consequences of inverted poop. And in the 10 seconds before you freak out and realize what actually happens, sell us on this movie. One part Inception, one part Doctor Who, one part Bond, full parts. This is too fucking long. Seven seconds. Oh, I should have stretched it out to 27 seconds because I'm Christopher Nolan. One, you absolutely should have. Two, <sighs> I was not listening to any of it because I was just picturing an inverted Casey running down the street screaming no being chased by a <laughs> Man, I'm not trying to take my own Kentucky Klondike. I want to live my life in a way that I'm never in that position. What if I do have to take a Kentucky Klondike? I would want it to be my own. Before something terrible inverted happens to us, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Tenet begins with a siege on the Kiev Opera House by a Russian oligarch and the protagonist, which is the character's name. And he gets captured and munches on a cyanide pill. But somehow, he survives and is selected as the perfect agent to do some secret Bond-level type shit. Yeah, that spy shit is called inversion, and it sci-fis things into traveling backwards through time instead of forwards. 
So like bullets, cars, even people can be inverted and the powers that be need the protagonist to find out more about it. The protagonist teams up with Neil, who works for a mysterious organization called Tenet. Neil helps the protagonist meet Kat, the abused wife of the Russian oligarch from earlier, Andre Sador. Sador is a bad motherfucker that sells arms. And by that I mean guns. He's, But I, I bet he's got a human arm guy too, right? You know? Probably. You need some arms, he can call a guy, get you some delivery. Presumably. The protagonist forms a relationship with Kat, and she gets him in touch with Sador. Rightfully, Sador doesn't trust the protagonist until he saves Sador's life. So they enter into a deal to steal some plutonium-241 on the grounds that the protagonist is an aspiring arms dealer. Hashtag life goals. I wanted to ask why there's a 241 after you said plutonium, but honestly, I know I don't care, so don't explain it. It's a bomb type. I don't. What did I say? (laughs) The protagonist gets Neil, and they plan a heist completely off the book, since the future is monitoring any communication that is digital or on paper somehow i don't isn't that just could... good criminaling like don't write it down for someone to find yeah, that's what i, yeah, I, I <laughs> guess actually step one art heist they make it sound like this is a consequence of inversion but this is really a consequence of all crime good like, criminaling. <laughs> the investigation is by necessity going to come later so anything you write down will be used as evidence in that Planning to take the plutonium mid-transit, the plan goes well until they get the goods. See, Sador was monitoring them with his cronies to feed information to the future so they could send a team back to get the plutonium. It's a temporal pincer! See, get it? Like, they're coming from both sides? And and not only, though, do they lose the 241, but Cat gets shot with an inverted bullet, which comes with radiation poison. They, they make a big deal about getting shot with an inverted bullet being worse somehow. I don't know. Being shot with a Time bullet poisoning. seems like it sucks. It's Uh, It's not as bad as being stabbed, I've heard. So the whole group gets inverted and travels back to the heist that got them in touch with Cap, but they do the thing in reverse. We also learn that the 241 isn't the problem. It's actually the piece to something far more dangerous called the algorithm. Early on in the film, Tenant gave us its own version of the whole, like, same matter, same space rules. If an inverted thing touches itself at a different point in time, they both get annihilated. If the algorithm is activated, it inverts the entire world, which would cause the future and the past to collide, annihilating all of space-time and history itself or something. You said that, and all I heard was, When I get inverted, I'll touch myself. Oh, I can't touch anybody else. You know. Oh, what high stakes. I get that it's supposed to be (laughs) a more violent Blofeld, but there's a perfect evil capitalist who consolidates and abuses technology that almost seems prescient, right? Tenet sets up a classic spy thriller climax where Cat is sent to the happiest moment in Sator's recent past, a trip to Vietnam on his yacht, while the protagonist and Neil set up a temporal pincer to recover the algorithm. Cat just can't put a bullet in Sator's brain pan since he's rocking a dead man switch in a Fitbit. Cat's goal is to occupy Sator while the temporal pincer captures the algorithm. The protagonist makes it to the device only because an inverted Neil takes a bullet to the face meant for him. Fortunately, this is just in time, since Cat gets impatient and puts the aforementioned bullet in Sator's dome anyway. Damn right, girl. Neil, who's not yet inverted to his death, reveals that he was recruited by the protagonist in the future past? I don't, I'm not sure. Anyway, to join Tenant. This causes the protagonist to realize it was him who starts Tenant in his own future, and he was pulling his own strings the whole time. Because it's all a big temporal pincer, Dave. 
because it's all a palindrome. They right? keep saying it that all... word. Right. <laughs> I think yeah. a, a shorter word than palindrome is circle jerk. Christopher Nolan. Call it a time pincer. Just call it a time pincer. It flows yeah, better. I don't You're like not making yourself pincer. sound any smarter. No, it reminds <laughs> me of like a time traveling earwig, and I feel uncomfortable. I'm a visual Ew. thinker. Oh. Fuck you. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could, I could get down with time pincer. This is going to come up numerous times for me, but this is a dumb 80s movie plot that they're trying to masquerade as a smart movie plot, and calling yes. it a temporal pincer instead of a time pincer is one of the ways they do that. <laughs> What we should first talk about is is the time travel, since this is a new form of time travel for us this month. We haven't had any kind of inversion, and it's somewhat unique. So we should to sort of spell out what's going on. Yeah, so it's not it's not uh, we're not picking up and getting deposited at a different point in the time stream or looping the time stream. You go into a little box and you come out of it, and now you're just reversed. Here, one let me one. explain it for the people at home. For you older listeners, you remember that red car you had under your tube TV? And when you rented movies, you didn't want to wait for like 45 <laughs> minutes for your movie to rewind. So you bought one of those red car movie rewinders that speed rewind it. That's what the little turnstile things are they go into. It's kind and rewinds people. It is a be kind rewind VHS rewinder. I love that. I love that. <laughs> So yeah, they they can and they do it with any individual object. So people, bullets, they've got uh, and and you can put inverted bullets, for example, in regular non-inverted guns, and they shoot backwards somehow. Um, so it's you not really need to clear. Make sure your in uninverted gun is not loaded, or else that inverted bullet is going to fly into an uninverted bullet and explode in your hand. So you can only bring empty guns to a right. gunfight. Okay. Well, then, no. Th so that would be an inverted gun loaded with uninverted bullets that had previously fired inverted bullets. See, this is... Okay. <laughs> if you think about it, let me quote Ben Kissel, don't think about it. Right. On the one hand, I really like inversion as a time travel movie plot because it yes. adds a really nice restriction on it due to the fact that because it's one-to-one, -one, your human characters can't go to, I don't know, 1700s. You know, they can't go to way back to the ancient past because they still have to live through every moment reverse between here and then, right? Yeah, but then right. we don't get any fun outfits. You don't get any fun <laughs> outfits, No. But it, I, I think it's a I think it's a really fun narrative plot restriction to have on there, right? And to keep right. us locked into right. a specific time frame and to not get into any weirder uh, time travel issues with the like killing ancestors and shit, right? Um, and you can still invert stuff and get future guns. Christopher Nolan didn't do that for some reason, um, and I'm angry about it. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, there were no laser blasters in this, and there was a lot of opportunity for fun future weaponry. Yeah, but this movie spends so much time explaining inversion to us. So much Without time. explaining it. No. Well, okay, yeah. It spends a lot of time explaining the consequences of inversion. Yes, yes. Yes. But never but the practical really. uses like the pooping and the tamponing and the things <laughs> yeah. I need to know about. How do you eat? 
I guess the the weird thing is that in the beginning there's a scientist that tries to give a half-hearted explanation and then and then gives like a you're not going to understand it you just need to feel it and I wish that they would have just cut out the half-hearted explanation right, right. and just been like we're not really quite sure but this is sort of like the general gist of it right and and just lean into the the you're just going to feel it because because you do pick up a sense of it as you watch the movie which is why I don't need them explaining it to right. me. Right. It does a pretty good job of showing inversion right. uh, throughout the, ver- the movie. And then it spends like another 45 minutes explaining the consequences of yeah. inversion without ever explaining how inversion really works. You know? Okay, like don't pretend like you know how it works. Just be like, listen, we don't really get this. This is what we've observed. Right. It, it goes best if you just go with it. We, we lost a few people realizing that oxygen fucking inverts, so we got to watch yeah. them just, like, choke out. So now we know to, like, steal Mima's oxygen tank, and you got ten minutes in the future past. You know, That would have been like, better. Don't even tell us about that. Just show us the people in the oxygen masks and let us figure it out for us. Don't tell me how it works. Nerds Benny, like arguing you. about how that stuff works. Just <laughs> Just give us the visuals and let us argue about it. Because if you spend your yes. whole movie explaining all of the consequential ones, all I'm left with is poop and tampons to argue about. <laughs> huge, huge mistake they made. They forgot to show, not tell. All they did yeah. was tell and tell and tell, and I couldn't tell what we were telling about, and I just checked the fuck out. So, Case, <laughs> I think I think you uh, bring up something really interesting with the oxygen mask, because... One of the things that when you're inverted, you have to have an oxygen mask that has non or has the right. I, I, I don't quite understand what it has in it, but they have to do something Carbon. so that you have the right oxygen. Otherwise, you die. So I want to think about how they figured that out. Right. Like at some point. Also, remember that when they go into the inversion machine, it's this turnstile and you can see yourself coming out of it on the other side as you go in to know that it worked. So at some point they watch someone walk in and choke to death on the other side. <laughs> and that and person die. still walked in. Right, right, right. Like That's why I think they did animals first. Because what person be like, yeah, choke me, shit. future daddy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this job. You know what? Never mind. Have you ever had that day at work if you would have walked into a chamber and on the other side of it saw yourself choking to death? You're like, yeah, fuck them. So uh, here's here's why they have to use oxygen masks, because um, there's a line in the movie where they say that uninverted oxygen cannot pass through the lung oh, membranes yeah. of an inverted person. So you have to have an inverted right. oxygen tank that uh, has inverted oxygen so it can pass through the membranes in your lungs. Great, great, great. But please, someone still explain to me when you're everything is inverted, guns, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. You catch what you expel. We expel CO2. So really, we should not be taking inverted oxygen. We should be taking CO fucking two and jamming it in. From from an uninverted perspective, you would be inhaling CO2 and exhaling oxygen. Right. From an but inverted you're, perspective, you're still inhaling you're oxygen still doing and the exact exhaling same thing. CO2. Okay. Yeah. You're just really all we're doing is describing the way Christopher Nolan just wants to tear us apart and make us argue (laughs) about dumb shit that doesn't matter. Right. Sure. He's your Facebook aunt. That right there, I think, was a completely unnecessary consequence. You just cut out the oxygen bullshit entirely and let inverted people breathe normally. That was a weird thing to include. 
Then we fix the environment by bringing a bunch of inverted people back to just eat up all the CO2 so then we can live again and then we kill them. We kill the future. We'll remake them. Yeah, there's I, – I, I don't know – I don't feel like the oxygen added a whole lot and you could have done it without the oxygen and I – maybe there's something just, I'm missing about that. It maybe massively there was a sale complicates the whole thing. Or like an accidental shipment to his studio and he's like, fuck it, we're going to make it work. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted an excuse to cover their faces so that he could have them fucking talk into it. I don't yeah, know. He's got a face know. covering fetish. Like, just make a GIMP movie and get it out of your system so we can go back to having, like, Inception again. Thanks. There's there's another part of, of the inverted that I sort of got but sort of didn't get, which is the, the fire scene where the fire seems to function and burn normally, but also uh, uh, the protagonist experiences it as cold. Oh, I can explain yeah. that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because they don't want to take the time to cover John David Washington in, like, bandages for the rest of the film. <laughs> they're right. not going to crisp them. So they're like, okay, what's something that's you can bad can happen but doesn't, like, we don't have to change anything. Yeah, he gets cold. He gets so cold. Every pizza <laughs> he eats averted is ice cold and he's mad about oh, it. Oh, 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 that's terrible. Not room temperature, ice cold. It's got to be terrible. the opposite, right? Ew. Frozen pizza. Ew, he eats frozen pizza. <laughs> <laughs> We're judging you. Dear Christopher Nolan, the first act of your films doesn't need to be a feature-length film itself. <laughs> oh, my God. Sign shitty cinema. It's a prequel. I... We don't want the prequel stapled onto the movie. Part of my issue with the talkie at me all the fucking time <laughs> in this movie was... A, the delivery, because it's just like, we're talking like you should already know this, and you're dumb for not knowing this. Paired with, no one ever changes. There's no character development, except for the lady <laughs> that kills her abuser. That's it. Nobody else, like, learns anything or becomes a better Kat? person. Cat has a character arc, you think? Finally mustering up the courage to fucking kill that guy, yeah. You know I'm always pro-killing your abuser. <laughs> I do know that. I'm just, and I'm not. I'm not condemning that in any way, shape, or form. Although maybe, maybe I should. What I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure that that constitutes a character arc for me. It's a form of catharsis. Yeah, I mean, like, can anybody? Did anybody learn anything from this movie in the movie? The protagonist kind of did in the first ten minutes of the film. What? Because you. Know, when he was just a normal guy working for a shady government agency and decided to end his life with a cyanide pill rather than give up information. And I think the, the, the movie might have been a little stronger if they had just cut there. It would have been seven minutes, but it would have been a great short. <laughs> Don't disagree. I Okay, can I say that I was really like kind of banking on like an inception thing where he's like, none of this is real. And he died at the beginning of the movie sort of a thing. Like, cause I was like, if they do that, I swear to God, I'm going to punch this TV fucking tray table right now. They could have where the entire movie was just this neurons firing, desperately grasping yes. for some semblance of life and putting together this crazy concocted story with a Russian billionaire. And yeah, sure. Sure. Okay, let's talk about other things that Christopher Nolan's obsessed with. And I he's not wrong, but Michael Caine. Yeah. Um 
I love yeah. that I got to see <laughs> Michael Caine, but I feel like also Briefly? I got drive by by Michael Caine because he is not in this movie. No, he was in the trailers. That's for fucking yeah, sure. Yeah, he was. Was he really? Was he? And, yeah, and then he wow. shows up for one scene to eat food and exposit at us and is then gone forever. I was going to say that he probably only did one day of filming, but I don't think he did a day of filming. I think that they arrived at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah they Michael showed up. At. Right. And they were like, hey, here's a briefcase of money and a script. Do you want to do some reading real quick? And I he think was they like, had sure. him scheduled. He didn't show up. They call him. He's like, I'm at lunch. And they're like, cool. When are you going to be done? He's like, no, I'm leaving after this. So if you right. want this scene. You better get to so like it was just like him saying like sorry I didn't wait for you and they're just like he's like okay I guess I gotta roll with it and like ad lib the shit. Also, you're covering the tab. His agent <laughs> called him and he said, "All right, here's the deal. It's seven million dollars. I just put in an order for a medium rare steak." <laughs> Christopher Nolan already has me air tagged. He knows where I am. Either he's here before I'm done, or it doesn't happen. <laughs> We got Michelle Yoed because the same thing happened with Boss Level. Like, hey, let's put her on the cover, even though yeah. she's in like maybe eight minutes. Yeah. I was so disappointed by that. I was waiting for her to kick some ass and maybe be part of like a team of ass kickers. And instead, I got disappointing swords training. Yeah, no. You got her teaching a Marvel guy how to use a sword and then disappearing forever. Just like my cocaine in this film. <laughs> I guess at least Michael Caine got one of the um, the better of the snappy one-liners that are in the movie, which isn't saying a whole lot. He just insults a guy's suit. Punch up, Michael Caine. Don't don't fucking poor shame me, man. <laughs> I'm in a rented Pele Pele suit. Fuck off. I can't afford the water in this restaurant. I suppose that maybe Tenet could have been better and maybe would have had some character development if the movie wasn't just these snappy one-liners and exposition and nothing else. Yeah, if they would have made it like a time-traveling Brokeback Mountain with him and Robert Pattinson, I would have been more interested. Because (laughs) Robert Pattinson seems to be the protagonist's river song. Like, he keeps, like, they're, like, their last meetings, their first meeting. They obviously fucking... Um, I hope you so. know, he wears he knows little he outfits drinks. and blousey pants. He knows everything about him. And he's like, how did you know that? Yeah. See, do you see it? Which is why this tenant should have had two ends because the first time River Song meets. Well, the last time she meets him, he is David Tennant. She gets to fuck oh, like all I the doctors. She yeah. Does. So. I didn't really watch much Robert Pattinson stuff, so I didn't really have much of an opinion going into this. We've only watched Twilight. We've only watched Twilight. Yeah, it's a, and I, it's a poor example. I really, I, I think that he's probably my favorite character in the movie. I liked Neil, and he comes off as a capable, um, but like human uh, spy, not the sort of Bond-ass super spy that, that never fails. And I really like the style, sort of more like a, a Jason Bourne-style spy. He's the only one that I think the snappy one-liners actually landed for. And I think it's because he's the only one who played it correctly. Everyone else is trying to be in a super serious spy movie (laughs) and still using James Bond one-liners. James Bond was winking at the camera with every one of those lines. And Pattinson got that. 
so yeah, absolutely love Pattinson. Um, no character arc to speak of for him though. He's 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 mostly an exposition machine. I'll agree that I don't think Cat has a character arc. I think she has a narrative arc. Yeah. Um, and I fully support more movies having really tall women in heels and refusing to hide it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Also, like, yes. Yeah. She just was slinky as fuck. She reminded me of like a fucking like flapper, like a 1920s era. Yeah. You'd see, I think she was she in a would, lot of pencil dresses. She would do fantastic in a remake of Metropolis. If they did a yes. fully silent Metropolis remake, I think she'd be perfect. I do think that there's a spot with Kat that, that I really, I really felt like the movie nailed um, criticizing her on. And it's where, uh, in the middle of the movie, she pulls out a gun as though she's going to shoot Sator and then chickens out of it. And then we don't know about the dead dead man switch at the time. So it's not like she's going to set that off. But they tell her, if you pull the piece, you pull the trigger, right? And and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, if you're going to fucking pull the gun out, you don't hesitate. You don't fucking threaten <laughs> them with it. Agree. You just pull it and pull the trigger. Also, can I just say, like, when you're hanging up on a conversation, it's better if you hang up in the middle of your sentence rather than theirs. You need to shoot him <laughs> in the middle of your explanation of why you're shooting him because the element sure. of surprise is important. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think the only reason why Kat was so strong, especially in those types of moments, was because we got such a fantastic fucking villain out of her husband, Kenneth. Oh, uh, my God. Who absolutely just ate up every scene he was in in this uh, fucking movie. Okay, I'll push back a little. I think he was a great domestic abuser villain. As for the Russian oligarch, blah, blah, blah. He was too unhinged, fly off the handle. Like, you can't be in those situations. I think it was a little bit more of a leaning into a Bond-esque villain. This is really kind of the the peak of what Blofeld was going to be if you took it a bit darker and grittier in the Nolan style. And I think that, that Kenneth Branagh nails that dark evil villain like there's nothing redeemable about sador at all and and really there's some sympathy to his backstory in that he's he's kind of poor and seizes this power and just runs with it but there's nothing redeemable about him and i love that he leans into that he takes time to be a dad you <laughs> you need you need the villain to have nothing redeemable about him because there's really no reason to root for the protagonist Aside from being the protagonist of the film, because we don't get any kind of emotional investment and nothing about, we don't know why the protagonist is doing what he's doing. Like all it, there's either you have to buy into the stakes that the world is going to end, or you have to buy into the stakes that this is just a super bad dude. Right. Like I'm, I'm totally on board with having a, a somewhat bland protagonist uh, that I don't really identify with in any way, but I just have a villain I dislike enough that I just want to watch them lose. Right, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a what Sator does. And, and and yeah, I mean, he it's really kind of a, an interesting way, in my opinion, for Kenneth Branagh to take that, um, that abuser and extrapolate it all the way out to what would happen if that abuser was a deranged billionaire with the ability to control... Uh, or like communicate through time what would he do and he takes a total abuse like if i can't have you nobody can but for the world yes <laughs> it's yeah so very bland. much so over the top but i love it yeah right it works 
He just needs a cool facial scar to be full Bond villain. <laughs> he Absolutely. really does. Yeah. Yeah. If you gave him a cool facial scar, he would just be a or Bond Or like villain. a sugar glider that hides in his pocket. <laughs> I'd love that. Yes. Nope. That would be redeemable. Because I'm like, I can't hate someone who has a sugar glider in his pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like John David Washington. And, and I thought he did great in the movie. But I would have. I would have maybe appreciated. I don't know. I get that maybe part of the the point is that is that the protagonist isn't supposed to have character development, but also like yeah. it'd have been nice. Be yeah, a lot it, cooler if you did. <laughs> it's it's very much a movie that's about the the concept rather than right. about the characters. Yes, but I. I kind of have to care about the characters at least a little bit no, no, to no. get invested in the concept. It's not about the concept. We said this before recording. It's about the car fight scene, and we work backwards <laughs> from there. Christopher right. Nolan had a really right. cool idea in his head about a backwards car fight scene and a backwards hand-to-hand fight scene. And was oh, like, yeah. all right, we're making a movie. We'll go backwards from here. Just like this movie. It's meta, bitches. Yeah, okay. I'm not against that though, because the the central heist Oh no, I'm the, not against it. The driving backwards, they steal um they steal the fire truck to 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 steal the uranium. The way it's done, I loved it. Like that whole bit was was uh, if I was a little bit sketchy on the movie going into that bit, it was that bit where I was sold because yeah. it was fucking incredible. It went on a little long, though. I don't I don't agree with you. I loved <laughs> how long that was. It reminded me of the the war scene in Samurai G.I., and we're having a problem with that in time travel month of some fight scenes going a little too long. You wrap so it up. So I think up, this is better. Get an editor. I think that they could have cut out a lot of the setup where um, Robert Pattinson and uh, uh, the protagonist are, are walking around talking about it. They could have just given us a very quick like overview and launched into it. I, I agree that it went on a little long. Not in, I think it was the perfect length. If they hadn't spent so much time ahead of time telling me what they were about to do. Right. Yeah. And that's what made it go on too long. And I think what they missed out on that is that if you're going to make a heist and you're going to do a whole bunch of like setting up for the heist, Mm -hmm. you need a rug pull in the actual heist. Right. That somehow involved like thinking back to like Ocean's Eleven, for example, the reveal that they had actually filmed all of this in a fake uh, vault. That's the rug pull on all of it. Otherwise, you're just telling me everything that's going to happen and then showing me everything that's going to happen. And this is. Yeah. Give me a couple things that can't go wrong that are absolutely going to go wrong so that you have to improv your way out of it. And if you're not, and I can't believe I'm saying this after me bitching about the opening uh, voiceover in boss level last week. Just give me an establishing shot and then make all that exposition a voiceover of the heist. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That cuts like forty-five minutes off this fucking movie right there. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. I'll make the. Tra- I don't like voiceovers, but I'll make that trade. Agreed. I think it would have been better, and she would have cared more about that scene if the movie had in any way made us give a fuck about the algorithm, and they yeah. didn't. Yeah. It is the most no. MacGuffin MacGuffin to ever yeah. MacGuffin. I didn't know it was a physical <laughs> object. 
So they yeah, kept. Yeah, yeah. I was like, so, "Great, brag about math. What is happening?" And then they're like, "That's the algorithm." I'm like, "No, it's not. That's like a carburetor." Right. All they did was talk at us about the algorithm, and at no point they could have just had one line about how the future is going to invert everything. And does it make sense? No, but it doesn't make any less sense than this fucking movie's explanation does. This movie helped me realize something important. I could never be a sugar baby because (laughs) I could not get talked at for that long. I would never make it to the paycheck. I'd just leave. You know what? No. No, I'll, we no, haven't even no. gotten to the gross sex part, and I'm out. Like, I'm out. no. Right, there, there, there was another, I think, really good action scene, and that's the fight between the protagonist and the protagonist. And the protagonist. Yeah, in in the airport. And the first time we started watching it, it was weird at first. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And when I figured out one of them was moving backwards, backwards and I, yeah. I started grasping the fight, my mind was blown. Yeah, that did look super. Because at first I was like, wow, that is one of the worst punches I've <laughs> ever seen thrown. How did that make the hey, cut? No God, one said, like, hey, maybe we should. Him? Yeah, and then it cl- I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, at first I was like, wow, that is sea level cinema. What is happening <laughs> right now? Like, th- we couldn't go back one time. I you know it's it's a Christopher Nolan thing uh like doing some really insane special effects and some yes. very unique cinematography he he puts in the work for it and it absolutely comes across in the visuals of this fucking film it is absolutely beautiful and I'm not going to say anything bad about how it looks it, every fight scene is just uh I love it I need to say something because yes. I know it's coming off as I'm being very hard on Christopher Nolan because he is I know what he's capable of right and I know how great a Christopher Nolan movie can be and there are just parts of this that felt rushed and forced where I'm like no 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 slow down babe you just you got this you had a great starting point and we kind of got lost I don't know if we're like high on our own supply or why this meandered so much but I know He's a fantastic, visually stunning creator. I I really do have a lot of love for him, and that's why I'm bitching so much. So would you say he's the director we deserve, but not the director we need right now? <laughs> so we'll criticize him? You know, I'm going to ask, why do you make all these great films if you can't even lift a burning log? <laughs> that's what I'm going like to say. that one better. That's better. Dave, I, I think you're right that a lot of the action scenes in this are good. And there's some classic good action scenes. In fact, uh, in the early movie, there's a fight in a kitchen. And and I love <gasps> a good kitchen fight scene. And this love one it. is super well done because it yeah. plays to the strengths of the actors. It feels both uh, – John David Washington feels like a, an accomplished fighter, but not like a supernatural or uh, – Right, yeah, it's not It doesn't look like Jet Li's fighting. Right, and – and he uses the uh, kitchen kitchen environments are premium for some Love fun Love a cheese fighting. grater in a fight. Oh, yeah, a cheese grater's got kind of No, face. actually, I hated that. I hated that. I hated, <laughs> I hated, I hated that. that, but it was visceral. And it yeah, was this, yeah. The kitchen fight scene in this is my new gold standard for how to make a, a fantastic-looking fight scene without making everybody a super agent. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Part 6. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic kitchen fight scene. Uh, Great, sure. I, 
nobody's a phenomenal, you know, martial artist. They're throwing bad punches. They're getting hurt a lot. And it just, it's, it feels so real and so good. And I absolutely love that kitchen fight scene. Yeah, it's also very, it's set up without a ton of dialogue. It's quick. It's paced well. If only that had been captured more broadly. <laughs> Throughout the rest of the film. You know how to Jake, do it, Christopher. You did it in the movie. Here, you know how yeah. to do it. I feel They're... like I'm dragon momming him right now, but I know <laughs> yeah. what he's capable of. It was chaotic, but not overwhelming. You could still yeah. tell what was going yeah. on. It was very realistic. Unlike the end fucking fight scene at the Russian mining site that was just chaos and I don't know what was happening. I don't know what was happening. Oh, so we, Buildings so we have were to reverse up. blowing up and then unblowing up and then re-blowing up, like inverted blowing up, so coming back together and then getting blown up in real time, so then blowing apart and then like age. I don't know. I don't know. It was cool to look at, but I was just like, I feel like I'm getting mushroom stamped by an action scene and I just like keep blinking and I don't know what's happening. The movie definitely builds up to this because in another way of looking at the narrative arc, right? You, you get introduced to the temporal pincer and then you get different variants of it. And this is the Stop. core time of, of the time, time pincer, pincer there. Uh, pincer. It's the final battle because you have, um, you have a red, they break it up into a red team and a blue team. One's going, forward through time the red team and the blue team is going backwards through time which by the way is also a color hey, a element that's used throughout the whole movie wait yeah. a minute quick question if robert pattinson has to go back in time to retime stuff so that th that guy doesn't die does he change his armband i don't think he does change his armband. then he's breaking he the, the rules and i want to throw in the, the time break yeah. yeah you could throw in the time break Okay, uh, go on. So nope, I don't even care, but I guess the idea can. is to converge on this one event so that the the backward team in time can inform the forward team in time, right? And they can run that whole thing. And so we do get a building collapsing from one perspective in time, it reconstructing itself, and then them blowing it right the motherfuck back up. And it's kind of awesome because you have like the top of it exploded. It sucks itself back together. And then they shoot an RPG into the bottom and the whole building just collapses. And it's, it's kind of, I don't, I don't understand it, but it was cool as fuck to watch. It did visually look very cool. And <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I no, don't, I still please. don't understand the whole time pincher in that sequence. Surely, because surely the team coming backwards through time is at some point just reinverting themselves to tell you what had happened and now right. just going forward too. So yes. it's not really a pincher, but whatever. I would have preferred if they had just been like, you know what, fuck you so hard, I'm going to unfuck your house and blow it up again. That would have been a better <laughs> excuse for those visions. Yeah, yeah. I like that better. Like some real gangster shit. Yo, fuck you. I'm going to fuck your house Absolutely. up. I'm going to invert it back in time to put it back together just to blow that shit up in reverse. Right. Have you ever been so angry that blowing their shit up once isn't fucking enough? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to do this till I'm chill. That's like when my mom would threaten, like, if you ever die, like, drunk driving or doing drugs, I'll bring you back to kill you again. <laughs> like, I believe she could. I believe, like, as a shitty teenager, I did believe it. And I'm not very woo-woo, but I was like, ooh, she would, like, somehow get, like, to the voodoo. 
So is that that all this is? Is Christopher Nolan wanted to have an excuse to, to explain how he could mom threat his kids? Yeah, and I brought you into like, this world. Yeah. I'll take you out. Right, like, what? right. You know my mom, Christopher. I think. I think where he got into trouble with it is he had some idea for these cool fight scenes, right? Like this kitchen fight and this car chase and, you know, all these inverted fight scenes. And then he was like, fuck, these are really weird things. It's going to take a lot for me to explain in an action movie why all this is going on. No, pot's legal in most states. You don't. Right. I'm, I'm going to appoint myself the delegate of the action movie fan. You don't have to explain shit. If it looks <laughs> cool, we'll accept it. Yes, we will. <laughs> we absolutely will. And again... Some type of drug is legal in most states. (laughs) We don't care. Show us the pretty. Like, have you seen Jet Li's The One? They didn't explain fucking anything, and we didn't care. Because we just wanted to watch Jet Li fight Jet Li. I still don't understand, but I know I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We have rambled backwards and forwards about this film for long enough. Um, And much like the film, we failed to explain a lot of the references we've made. So hope you fucking watched it before you tuned in this week, kids. Don't. Maybe. I don't know. Let's get down to brass tacks and answer the question we need to every week. Casey, Christopher Nolan's uh, wax winged tenant. Would you watch it again? No. No. Right off the bat. No. Wow, that was fast. Yes. Yeah, what? no. I'm in a palindrome. Did you see there? I, I made a shit sandwich of no, yes, no. <laughs> no, I would not watch this again. Yes, I would watch some of the fight scenes again. No, I'm never going to spend this much time on this movie again. Did you get the palindrome? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it took me a minute. I had to I had to work my way backwards to forwards in it. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just went verbally ass to mouth. Um, this movie did have some absolutely stunning visual effects that were amazing. I'm glad I got to see them. I wish, like, if you're going to watch this, maybe have a friend with a better attention span that can wake you up during the cool parts. But the amount of smarmy explaining at me just wasn't worth it. Um, that sexy crane lady was cool to watch her slink around. Um, but no... No, I wouldn't watch this again. My brain is deleting it as we speak. Jay, you made sure I stayed awake, uh, and you yourself stayed awake. So would you watch Tenet and stay awake through the whole thing again? We didn't spend a bunch of time on the soundtrack, and it is a very Christopher Nolan soundtrack. It won't let you sleep. Uh, yeah, it's not going to let you sleep. It also isn't going to let you understand a part of the exposition. So you do get to get out of part of it from the music. You get to get part out of part of the exposition because the characters are wearing masks and there's no effort to dub over that to make the audio intelligible. So, Why would we? You know, you know, uh, part of the, the fun is trying to maybe figure out what's going on, even though it spends the entire film talking at you. That being said, I love a good time fuck. And I thought the inversion was clever. And yeah, it's super long, but... I like the concept. I'm a sucker for it. I'm probably going to watch this again, even though it's super long. So, yes. Yes, I would watch Tenet again. I Uh. am a bad man. I make no allegiances. The fight scenes are fucking amazing. I'm really excited to to especially go through those again. Uh, uh, But, Dave, what about you? 2020's Tenet, would you watch it again? God, you know... 
I, I feel like we are just super late to the conversation here because we, we didn't really bring <laughs> up anything that you haven't heard in reviews two years ago. Right. I'll yeah. say it's better now that you can get subtitles for it. So we tried to spend less time on the audio balancing. But, like, there's still a lot of just mess and a lot going on in this fucking movie. But I think that's because they tried to do something and failed to execute it perfectly. And I can still respect the attempt. And the things they got right, they got really fucking right. God, I love these inverted fight scenes. Yeah. So I am not going to fully watch it again. I'm going to be doing some other shit. But I will press play on Tenant again, and more of it than not, I'm going to be watching and enjoying. So yeah, a rainy I'm, Sunday yeah. cleaning movie where you're Great mostly cleaning. listening right. to it in another room. Is that what I'm you picking know, up? Exactly the the days where it takes you four hours to clean what should have taken you one hour because yeah, you're just yeah. you're not fully committed to it. So right. every Tenant's third, be feeling that. you come in the room because there's going to be, I forgot to even mention that I tried drifting off a couple times and was like, as I'm falling asleep, I, and just like gunshots and shit. I'm like, motherfucker. Okay. All right. All right, well, that's two out of three of us who are going to watch this movie again. And Casey said no, but she is going to watch a super crowd of the fights, which is still a lot of goddamn footage she's got to watch. So, but it comes down to you, Cinemites, at home. Tell us what you think. Would you watch Tenet again? Did you get through it the first time? I will respect it entirely if you did. It's are a you very long film. But that is it for Out of Time, which means we are going into a new month next week. And Casey, I know you are just bursting at the seams to announce this one. So what what are we watching? We are starting May with a May queen herself. Not really. She's born in July, July 2nd, 1986. Not that I know that. (laughs) Lindsay fucking Lohan. We are accepting all Lohan me downs next month and starting out with I Know Who Killed Me, where Lindsay Lohan is, I think, two Lohans at the same time, a stripper Lohan and a murdered Lohan. So we might get double Lohan. We might get half a Lohan. I'm not really sure. None of us have seen this movie. I've only seen the cool cover. Follow us on social, Facebook at sh.ttycinema, Twitter at Bad Movies, Bad People, Instagram at casey.cinema, Patreon slash shittycinema or shittycinema.com. Check the description below if you didn't catch all that. And if you want to help us out, give us a thumbs up on Spotify, on Facebook. Give us a good review. I don't know. Send us your credit card number. Don't <laughs> Trust forget us. The oh, my God. Thank you, David. Let's turn out the lights. Invert a bunch of oxygen. And I guess technically become plants in the future. Is that what happened? Do I understand this movie now? Huh?